And that's a song that takes me way, way back. Sipo, uh, Hot Sticks, Mabuse, and Ben Out. It is uh, half past eight on uh, this Friday evening. I think we do have a Vui back on the line. Vui, are you there? And so it's the power, which I think is what has made the difference. <laughs> Synchronicity. The power came back just at the right time. Yeah. Hopefully you're not going to burn out now. I'm hoping. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm too, I'm too excited. You know, nowadays we get excited over these little things. The power's back. I feel alive. Okay, let's start off. Let's get, get started before uh, you know, ESCOM decides to load shit you again. Um, when we're looking at insurance, uh, what are some of the common mistakes people make uh, when, they, when they buy a car and then they have to take insurance out for it? Well, I'm glad you said when to buy a car because immediately somebody gets their car. You know you can't drive it out of the dealership without it being insured. Yes. So people will basically have their cars covered for the first month or so and then they basically cancel it, mm-hmm. which is a big you know, no-no because insurance is there to protect you um, provided you have a good relationship you know, with the insurance company, which includes not telling lies. That's the second point on your policy. Because that could uh, lead to your having a denied claim or, you know, not getting coverage when you need it. So some of the common lines that people talk about or when they're filling out their, you know, forms or whatever is who's actually going to be using the car, uh, where or when or for what purpose the car is being used for, um, as well as residential addresses. You know, some people will put up their ex-partner's more affluent neighborhood, you know, on their um, form as opposed to where they actually do live. And that, of course, if it's not correct, if it's not the truth, then you are basically telling a lie to uh, the company which is providing you with cover based on the fact that you are telling them, you know, uh, where you actually live, what you're actually going to be using the car for in order for them to cover you adequately. And the and other thing, another, sorry, the mm-hmm. other thing that, that people tend to do is uh, they, they also um, tend to not be very honest about you know the the conditions under which the car is locked up. So they they'll say you know it's a it's a garage, it's a lock up garage, or um, you know it's a it, it's an estate, and then it's not really. It's just behind a gate or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's also one of yeah. those things that people tend to forget. Yes, people do forget that because. And here's where it's going to catch up with you. So you might actually go on for years, for months, or whatever the case might be. But should something happen to your car, that is actually going to catch up with you. And then your insurance, your, your insurer is not going to pay you out. So you're not making a saving because in the, at the end of the day, it will catch up with you. Um, a couple more as, uh, um, mistakes, if we can call them that, that people um, you know make when they're filling out their claim or, or rather when they're buying insurance is not doing enough research about you know what type of coverage they actually need or what their coverage for the insurance policy that they're taking actually entails, yeah? Not knowing what it actually entails. Um, Cheapest is not the best. So sometimes you have these um, companies that are advertising, you know, for lack of a better example, 50 rand per month. But your excess is going to be monstrous. You know, it's going to be humongous. You are going to have to pay, you know, a couple of million bucks in the event of something going wrong. And of course, I'm exaggerating with those type of figures, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. A lot of times people don't even know what the word access means. And I'm not saying that's because, you know, they they, um, they haven't gone to school or they're illiterate or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just mm-hmm. about the fact that it's jargon. Um, and, and when people use terms, you know, for insurance purposes, it is often confusing. And I think a lot of people are actually, they feel almost embarrassed to ask mm-hmm. what does this mean you know so you know, if, if somebody says to you you know you, you're not covered for Sazria nobody says okay what is Sazria <laughs> you know yeah, that's so true um, and it is a, it's a, it's, this is my thing though 
if it involves my money, I am not embarrassed. Okay, if you're asking me to pay for something, tell me in like ABC terms what that actually is. So you raise a very valid point. What are those What's the terminology? What does it actually mean? And how does it affect you? And how does it affect your policy? Mm. Um, speaking of different types of policies, I know that we have so many people listening right now who claim not to be able to afford insurance, um, which, you know, that's a debate for another day. But instead of going for, and of course, there are different types of insurance, the best type of insurance that anybody can get is comprehensive. comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Because that protects you against all sorts of damage to your car, theft, hijacking, even a bumper bash, even natural disasters, falling objects. For instance, if you're driving down in Cape Town, you know, around one of those um, uh, passes and the rock falls onto your engine or whatever the case might be, that's covered. Damage by, uh, by animals, if a dog decides to run across the road. Vandalism, for instance, if you're going to go to, like, say, a pirate's chief's match and your car is decorated with chief's, you know, stuff and then, yeah. You know what I mean. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. Okay, so you do get um, comprehensive uh, insurance, uh, which is obviously if, if your car is on HP, then uh, comprehensive insurance is the way to go. But if your car is paid off, another option is third-party fire and theft. Yes. So once again, it's understanding what your needs are so that you can get the best policy. Okay. Now, uh, another thing uh, that I I don't understand, and you need to tell me, what are petrol station myths? There are myths. What happens? The only petrol station myth I know is that you go to the petrol station and they put petrol in your car. (laughs) What what else could possibly happen at a petrol station? You know, people have got all sorts of beliefs about what happens at petrol stations and how, you know, petrol uh, prices are made up. Or give you a very good example. This is one I didn't know. There are people who believe that filling up your tank in the morning gives you more fuel. And at first I thought to myself, do you mean better value? Or no, no, actually it means more fuel. I don't know what that that myth is based on. (laughs) It's based on the theory that if petrol expands Expands. with heat, Mm -hmm. it must therefore contract with cooler temperatures. That sounds logical, right? So filling up in the morning when it's cooler means you have more fuel at midnight. Sorry, a good day when it's warmer. That's basically the rationale. But, I mean, if, if your tank takes 42 litres to fill it up, <laughs> it takes 42 litres. So... Ah, uh, Lizette, but you speak as if you haven't seen, and, and I use this as an example, uh, taxi drivers who are basically standing on the side of their car and pushing it, rocking it side to side. Why? To get more fuel in it. Wow. Okay. Yes. So, so the, those are some of the myths. Um, what, what else can you can you tell me? Because I clearly have none, no, none of these knowledges. Me, I just go to the, I go to the petrol station and I say, Uncle, please fill, and then he does it, and then I leave. And okay. One of the other myths that I found actually interesting was that people believe that racing fuel makes your car go faster. That's the vroom vroom ad. Do I, but you know what actually happened in that? This is actually one of those things that, that shows my age. So back in the day, there, there was an ad um, uh, by a particular petrol um, company. And the kid, you know, had a little little Volkswagen. And then when he put in um, the the petrol, the ch- the car changed into like a, a Ferrari sports car. And, mm-hmm. what, and what happened is that like an old lady went to the petrol station, put in the, you know, the, the fuel and then the car didn't change. And she was like, no, but the ad says that this is going to happen. <laughs> and actually, they won the case. So, you know, so, yes, I, I know where that one comes from, at least. You see, I can see the logic on that one. 
Okay. Um, I'm not going to comment on age and memory recollection. I'm just going to move swiftly along and just say that um, I do understand where you're coming from with that. But in this particular instance, it basically refers to people who believe that the fuel in the tanks is um, has got more octane than it actually, you know, ha- has. Uh, has. Now. Generally, our fuel for normal cars is about 95, 93, you know, we, uh-huh. we know, we know that. Racing fuel in South Africa is at about 102 octane, and in some countries overseas, it is, it is as much as 112. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Now, if we are talking about ordinary people in ordinary cars going to ordinary petrol stations for ordinary fuel, okay, that then negates the fact that we are talking about nitro-based fuels, yeah? Nitro-based fuels are the ones that will actually give you give more VUMA for your Yes. Yeah, but you don't get nitro-based um, fuels at the local petrol station because that high octane fuel works in, in racing engines, so specifically formulated for racing engines. In our normal cars, you know, vroom, vroom, every day around, around the corner, having racing fuel in your normal engine is likely to destroy the catalytic uh, convent, converter, which is obviously going to damage your vehicle. And instead of actually going, you're going to stop. Okay, so it's going to have the reverse effect. It's going to have the reverse so, no, effect. Racing fuel does not make your car go faster. We thank you so much. Um, appreciate that greatly. I know that we still need to talk about getting uh, trapped in a flash flood, especially with uh, looking at uh, mm-hmm. what's going on weather-wise. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, so we will pick that up on um, next week again. Thank you so much, you. All the best. Thank you very much. And everybody, please drive safely and be vigilant out there. That is William Pofu, our, le- our resident motoring journalist, Madam Driving in Heels herself. As I said, a lot of interesting information um, that she does have. Um, so, so do, do definitely follow her on all her social media pages.